We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi there, and welcome to the Strong by Design podcast show. This is part two of When One Door Closes, Another One Opens, featuring Troy Erickson of Lead Paramedic with host Mike Westerdahl. Thank you for joining us. Episode 250, a very big milestone here for the Strong by Design podcast, and I hope the conclusion of this conversation is everything that part one uh, had to offer. So enjoy and thank you so much for listening. So I was reading on your blog earlier, and you talked about three focuses that you've had and how important focus is. How do you, how do you stay channeled in on what you're doing? Where you're focusing in on email and email deliverability, email programs, but you've also said you're an entrepreneur in this online space that could go in so many different directions. Started with Facebook ads, you found something you're really good at where there was a need in the marketplace. How do you stay focused on that? And why is that important? Yeah, focus is like the only way you're going to grow. So I, the thing for me is really simple, um, but it's a little bit harder to do. You have to be good at being honest with yourself and catching yourself when you get off track. But the main thing is like, there's a lot of things we got to do, right? So um, anytime I repeat something too many times, I'm like, oh, I this is inhibiting me from doing something that's going to grow. Like I need to give this to somebody else to do and just like train them. And it's kind of like building a skyscraper, like you're on the first floor and you can't really grow, but then you find other people, like after you kind of figured out how to run the building, they manage the first floor and you go build the second floor and then you find somebody else to manage it and you keep going up, up, up. Uh, so that's the, the key. I'm always trying to think about like one to three things that are really going to move the needle for me and, and build that next level. Um, and if I can't do it right now, that means I need to find somebody else to maintain the current level and then go up. Um, but like right now I just really need to scale. It's like everything, um, we had a, a little bit of scaling issue last year toward the end. So I just made it really clean. Everything's nice and smooth. And at the moment I just need to get ads up for, for both sides, B2B and B2C. And when we do that, like, it's going to be amazing. And how do you know what you need to do? Is it just what you're doing too much of? Um, it, what I need to do is literally just like, it, it changes a lot because you finish one thing and then, you know, the, it, it presents itself as something else. But, um, I just know that like our systems and processes and like client results are all like very good right now. So I just need to double down on that until I can sense that there's another little breakage around the corner and then catch it before it happens. And that's where you kind of like slow down a little bit. And then like make sure it's good and then like go scale. Work on the infrastructure, yep. systems, people. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm I mean, actually... that sounds, to me, honestly, it sounds like you're building a real business where when you talk a lot of internet guys, it's more like it's an offer and it's whatever the trending thing is. Right now I'm doing this. Oh, now I'm moving into webinars. Now I'm doing Facebook ads. They're just hopping around to all these different areas where you know what you're doing and you're trying to build that business. And I mean, I think that that's the key to this was focusing in on what you're trying to do. The other business group I'm in, it's a group with Randy Davis. I'm actually heading there 
on Wednesday. We got our meetings Thursday and Friday. And um, we have a, a thing that's a one thing for the year for the business. So what's the one thing you can do that will move the needle the most for the company? And when you determine that thing and how you pick that is, will this thing eliminate your other problems or make them easier by figuring out this one thing? That's good. And then that one thing is your yearly goal, and that's broken down into 90-day action plans. And we have meetings every 90 days to figure out that 90-day action plan, which is all geared toward hitting that one goal. But I'll tell you, every time we come to our quarterly planning meetings, there are so many ideas, and ideas are great. But a lot of them have nothing to do with that one thing that's the company goal. So my job as a leader of the business and the company is to keep people on track, keep people motivated, like allocate resources, remove obstacles, um, help people be the best they can be, but keep us on track. And, um, and, it, and if you start getting distracted and doing too many different things, you wind up not being that good at any of them and not really getting any momentum. So it's all about focusing in on that one thing. Yeah, the FOMO is real. It's like I have a very much mindset around like uh, no stone unturned. So a lot of times I struggle with like, okay, um, like I want to do this and this and this because if I don't do all those things, then something is going to be left unturned. And how do I know that it wouldn't have been big for me? But when I notice that, I just slow down like, hey, if you think about it, it's actually very relaxing everything works like all these people are trying to tell you that like facebook ads are dead or email is dead or like webinars are dead or facebook groups are dead like all those things work they all work if you do them right if it if it doesn't work for you it means you probably did it wrong there's like 80 percent chance and if, and if but, you put the work in too and the time but you have to figure out what works best for you like, okay, do I want to be on TikTok right now if I'm scaling B2B? Yeah, there's a few more like B2B people. It's growing, but it's not going to do the same as like really networking with people at events and running ads on Facebook. Like it's just not. Now I'm putting more time and money into TikTok because now I have a B2C program, but that's not my main focus right now. Like it's when I have a little extra time, I'll look at it. But right now my main focus is just like getting those ads up. Um, they're going to be on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and like, that's the thing, like it'll all work, but I think that's going to work best right, right. now. Right. And you have a main focus and you know that something else is like an extra thing or a secondary thing. And even for the yearly planning, we've got, what are our three things that work the best that we're going to refocus on for the next year? And then we say, what are like two developmental areas that we're going to be trying to grow, but they're not our focus, but we're, we're going to keep putting resources into them and see if they get to the next level. And then reassess in a year. It's actually a really comforting thing to like remove things from your business and just like shave them off and stop and you just feel freed. And like we sell three things right now. Like I said, it's list management or deliverability and then a certification program for freelancers. Like that's it. That's all we sell. I like it. I don't want to do anything more than that right now. <laughs> that That's a lot right there. I mean, you could do you events so. with the certification. like, But... It just, it was, it took a lot of time to get those to the point where I don't have to be working on all three at once. Like they're all finished. It's just a matter of like getting them in front of more people now. And we're doing one at a time. Like the certification right now, all it needs is like an opt-in page, a few emails, and for my ad guy to click the button. Like why not do that? And then on the other side, 
it's, it's going to take a little bit more. I got to build out like a new lander and like kind of shift some messaging around that. It won't take too long, but it's going to take more time. So I'm going to do this and then do this and we'll see how we're doing. And then once Facebook is looking good, then we're going to go on YouTube and, and just like one thing at a time. Right. I've actually watched people successful do that where they dominate one thing and then they take the success from that and kind of roll it into or parlay into the next area that they want to grow. I don't usually see five or six things going at one time. They build one up really big and then they move over to the next and absolutely dominate that and then move it over to the next. So we have um, Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor, talks a lot about leadership stuff. And he had a thing at the uh, leadership summit talking about Getmo good enough to move on. And uh, that's kind of analyzing it, like, how are the results going? Do we want to focus on this, or do we want to kind of put it in maintenance mode? So we have some stuff that we just have on maintenance mode for now. You do it because you have to do it, but it's not a concern. Maybe what TikTok was before. You had the consumer product. And then, um, you know, we were trying to get the YouTube channel to a million subs, which we did. And we've been doing the podcast for, for years now. I think uh, we're like 250 episodes or more. And um, it's like when one thing hits, then we build up, build up the next one. Then we'll use that to move into the next thing. But usually not trying to do everything at the same time. Yeah, totally. It's um, it, that's something that people get stuck on. And it's okay to like have a lot of pots in the fire at the beginning to find out like where the fire is going to light up the most. But once you do and you figure out what you like and just like focus. It's great advice because a lot of people they'll ask me, what should I do? Like they're interested in kind of getting started or starting a business. Should I do TikTok? Should I do a podcast? Should I do this? It's like, sure. It's like any of those will be good. <laughs> it's like, here's what I chose, but that was a good fit for what I've been doing. And when I pick something, I lock in and it's a long-term approach that we just don't stop. And it's, it's consistency and hard work and that'll pay off over time, which a lot of people don't want to hear that for business or for fitness or sports or anything that, you know, you got to put the hard work in and it's going to take a long time, but that that's really where success comes from. <laughs> that's not sexy, but that's the truth. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely tough too. Cause like, you know, I'm not as in as good of a shape as I used to be, but sometimes it's hard to think about like, gosh, like two months, I want to work out consistently for two months. Like I travel a lot and there's a lot of roadblocks. Like it's, and, and it's not just business. It's like, there's a lot of focuses in life. And you know, when you put time into one thing, you can't put it into something else. And right. It's hard. We did a whole podcast on like work life balance and all the different buckets that got to get filled. And how do you not let something crash? I actually saw the Elvis movie last night and not to spoil it for anybody. I mean, his, Life is has very public, so there shouldn't be too many surprises in the movie. But gosh, when, when you're too devoted to one thing too much, everything else can fall apart from your family to marriage to your health. So it's, it's definitely a lot of areas competing. Yeah, I've just kind of realized that, um, you know, if there's something that get that, that's left undone for a little bit, a lot of times, like, nothing bad's going to happen. I, I'm just... Like, like, it's good that I always have a sense of urgency, but sometimes it's too much. And I just think that, like, if I don't get to this now or get back to this one person or go do this thing, that the, the whole house is going to collapse. But it's just not true. I mean, there's certain things, yeah, you got to do them right away. But, like, I think that way about everything. And it, it's taxing. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm learning to not well, do that. Well, what you that. don't want to do is get burnt out because you've been going crazy too long. 
but it's awesome at the beginning in your young 20s before you got a family and kids. Like, I would say now's the time to really put in the overtime because later on, you might not want to do that or be able to do that. Set yourself up. So when you're my age, like, you've got a lot more freedom and leisure. Like, why not work more right now as long as it's not negatively affecting you? Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, there's definitely times where I get burnt out a little, but usually I'll go on a trip somewhere and that right. cures it for the short term. <laughs> right. Well, trips, I mean, I don't even care if they're business trips. I come back and I'm refreshed, I'm fired up, and I'm ready to get at it again. Yeah. By like right before that next 90-day uh, meetings, I'm starting to get a little starting to, starting to get a little tough. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So, um, yeah, it's just – and it's actually interesting too, like – when you do things outside of business or fitness or the main thing that you do, it actually, you know, as long as you don't, you're not doing like five things, like maybe you add like one or two things and they kind of keep you accountable, right? Like I've worked out like since I got back, like I, I didn't have time for like a week and I was grumpy and now I've worked out three days in a row, which I mean, a lot of people listening to this probably done like way longer than that in a row, but like, I just feel good. And like more accountable and like I finished working and I can, like I have a gym in the garage and I go in there and like, it just makes me feel good and like held accountable. You're building momentum, you're building confidence and it's just something to build on. Yeah. It's uh, it, you just got to start. Like when I, when I'm in a rut and I haven't worked out in a while, like I don't like distance running cause I feel like it makes me kind of slow. It's good for cardio, but, um, I just walk outside and I start running. And then because of that, now I'm at three days in a row. I get to four and maybe take a day off and um, and, and go from there and just like be more consistent. With well, it. even like we're talking about fitness, you could call it an act. If you're a hardcore fitness person, there's like active recovery. Right. It's like you. Yep. some people cannot take a day off because it messes with them and they freak out. So they'll still go and they'll do foam rolling and just some light stuff, get the blood moving. You know, it's called active recovery, but it's pretty much a day off from not training hard. And in business, um, the same thing is very helpful. We have things that we're supposed to schedule in during our 90-day period, which are... Um, rest days or off days where we're not supposed to open the computer or the cell phone at all. You got to email the coach in and let them know that you're taking these personal days and it's meant like no checking email, nothing. Because these things, even on vacation, you check your email in the morning, someone's got a problem, the server was down last week and like all our web pages were down. I mean, you see something like that, someone's going to figure it out and take care of it. But as soon as you see it, like half your day is ruined even though you're on vacation. It's like, it's gotta be completely unplugged. And if you are, and then you come back, you're way more productive. Just like in fitness, where if you've been training hard and working out hard, and then you take a day off or a couple of days off, you're gonna be able to come back harder versus overtraining and not making as much progress. I think it holds true just as well for business. Yeah, I did pretty good at that when I played. Like I, I was like rolling out every day. Like I didn't use a foam roller. I'm on a PVC pipe because I didn't oh, feel wow. the foam roller anymore. And just doing like every little thing, trying to improve range of motion. And it was like kind of hard because like I never truly had a, a real day off. But um, I read the TB12 book and I just like went all in on that for the all the little things that most people don't do. It's awesome. Have you seen the man in the arena? Uh, about half of it. It's yeah. I don't watch a lot of TV and movies and stuff, but um, it, that's a, that's a good one. I've seen about half, and uh, it, it's crazy. My favorite story ever, though, is just um, and hopefully I don't botch any of the quotes, but um, 
Robert Kraft saw Tom on like one of the first practices after he got drafted and he went up to him and he's like, I know you, you're, you're Kyle Brady. Cause that was somebody else they drafted. He's like, no, my name's Tom Brady and I'm the best decision this organization has ever made. Wow. He said that <laughs> Yeah, straight to Kraft. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, like it, it's well, what round draft what uh round was he drafted in six he was yeah. number 199 i mean that's some confidence right there because that's guys don't always make the team drafted that low yeah and it, it it's crazy because uh, you can see that he still has that even though he's in his 40s and it, it's crazy that he hasn't lost the dedication and still loves the game and it's just very refreshing to see somebody that still cares at that level because, like, there's a lot of people that can say that, too. Like, there's a lot of people who have said something similar to that, but they didn't make it. But Most to, people, yeah. Yeah. So, I, it's funny because you hear all these stories about it, and it's like, well, a lot of people do say that. They just don't they, they don't back it up, whether it's, like, work, work ethic or just, like, in my case, like, I worked hard, but I just didn't make it. But Well, there, there's a lot of factors involved in it, but I think the work ethic without that – I think natural genetics or ability, you're, it's only take you so far. That's going to be a short a short career if you don't have that work ethic that goes with it. So the perfect package is we have all all of it, and it's rare. Yeah, um, and, and you know, it's like I'm learning, still learning every day about myself. And there's still times where I think about like my my former life. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a little more okay with it now. Sounds like you're a little more okay with a it. A little but more. Not, not all not, the way. Not fully, no. How old are you now? 26. I'll tell you what, 26, I was in Sweden playing football. Not done. Not letting it go. I played in college, Division One AA at uh, Central Connecticut. And uh, college finished, and I was not finished, <laughs> but not good enough to go pro or anything. Right. And I was like, I still want to play. Worked for a little bit, wound up going overseas and playing for... Uh, a European league, and that's where I blew my ACL out. And at that point, I still thought I still thought of myself as a football player. That's what I was. I was done with college. I was working. I was making money on the internet, and I was like, I'm a football player. And it took the ACL getting blown out, and I'm like, being like 27 years old before I'm like, all right, what's the next chapter? So it's, I hear what you're going through. A lot yeah, of athletes. You, you know, it's still that little piece of you. Like, I'm, you still think you're a football player, just not in the front of your head. Like, in the back of your head, well, you've got that memory there. Well, that every thing. few years, it gets deeper and deeper. I yeah, don't, it's... It, it's it like, was a long time ago for me. I'm, sh I'm showing my age here, but, you know, that, that, was, a, that was a former life for me. Yeah. It's like... It, it, it's a little sad for me to think about in a way, but, you know, it's just a lot of good memories, a lot of good guys and relationships that I made over the years and lessons and... Um, especially with my dad. So, uh, yeah, can't forget that. No way. And even, uh, even for pro athletes when they're retiring, that's the thing they miss the most is the friendships and the locker room and the video games and hanging out and the camaraderie. Like they miss that more than anything. And, you know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely, uh, game. You're isolated a lot. A lot of people don't understand us, how we think, and, you know, being part of these groups and going to events and being around like-minded people, I really think it's like one of the best things you and I can do. Yeah, 100%. And um, it, it's nice to not always talk about business. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we were talking much business when we were hanging out. No. Talking about Red Sox games and other things. That's the key. When I meet people, I just, I don't want to be the one to bring up business. Like, I get it. It's a business event, but I just don't want to be the one that says, what do you do? 
It's the worst question in the world, by I, the way. For networking advice, if you're an event, you don't got to close a sale at the event. You don't got to, I mean, maybe your company's making you come back with leads. That's another story. But really, I just try to uh, get to know people, hang out, make friends. That's why it's cool when they have built-in experiences at these things where you do stuff together. Because then you can just hang out and do fun stuff. And then naturally, you find out what each other does. And sometimes there's a way to help each other out or work together or connect people. And, uh, you know, it's just hanging out and making friends, which is like the easiest way to network. Yeah. And, and not what you would think it is. It's cool with these experiences because it's like the person sitting next to you, you may have no idea they love what you love, but then when you enter the arena of that niche, um, you start talking the same language very literally and, uh, and you realize it. you're like, Oh, you're one of me. And then it just, from there, it's just friendship and, um, yeah, it's cool. And there's so many different things that people are into. It's like, we probably have something in common with everybody on earth or close to it. I don't know, like the seven connection, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sure seven connections away from everyone in the world. Something like that. Is it from everyone? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So. I've, I've heard we're starting to get like one or two connections away from some of like the bigger podcast guests we want to have and stuff. Yeah. Things are getting closer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's uh, you never know who you're going to run into or meet or talk to online. And uh, yeah. So, well, for that point, you mentioned being humble earlier, learning those lessons. I think treating everybody the same, not what someone, someone has more influence or more connections. So you treat them better. Like that's not the way to do it. It's like, everybody's a person everybody matters treat everybody the same whether the uh, janitor or the ceo may sold their company for 400 million yeah it's um it, you never know and it, i always like to say it's comforting like like everybody cares but nobody cares in a good way because like everybody's watching and like they'll notice things but at the same time, and like they care, and at the same time, like there's so much going on in their own life that they, you know, they, they can't pay all their attention to you. So like if you mess up, it's going to be okay. Nobody cares. But at the same time, they are watching and they notice things. That's true. So is that, uh, is that comforting? Yeah. It's, uh, I like, like I mentioned TikTok. So like I'm, um, Alex, Jason Capital. So he like kind of told me about this thing called bottom right ideas where you take something that's like that you firmly believe in, but like a lot of other people don't quite believe that. So when, like I've been making some, you know, short form content lately and one was like, Hey, nobody cares about you. And at first you're like, what? But then when I explain it in a way of like, Hey, if you mess up, like everybody else has their own little mess ups that they're trying to like work on and improve. So like, it's okay. Nobody cares. It really is okay. I mean, you could do something stupid at school and someone else is going to do something stupid two days later and you're going to be old news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as long as you don't get canceled in today's culture, right? <laughs> yeah. So It's okay. We're not going to say anything too crazy. Just, <laughs> is Joe Rogan here? Hey, you can can cancel us if you want. I'm self-published. Self yeah. <laughs> not forcing anyone to listen to the show. It's true. <laughs> cool. What would you do if you had to start over and you were completely broke right now and Ooh. something happened to email and the government like wouldn't let people email anymore for business and something happened and you had to switch and yeah. you somehow lost all your money in a lawsuit or something and you had to start over right now? Um, I mean, there's a lot of mediums for me to do what I do. Like deliverability might be a little bit tougher, but if you think about it, like 
everything has deliverability now like dms on pretty much every social platform and then like copy skills are always in demand and time is something that's always short so if you take skills and somebody else doesn't have the time or expertise to do them you know it just takes time to to find the the new home for yourself but um just having skills really and not being afraid to just like jump into something weird and new and um put yourself out there and just yeah just do it it's good advice fair enough what um how did you learn the email stuff you told me you learned copy and you gave me the example about the agency but were you self-taught in learning a lot of this or did where did you learn from um, a lot of it was from greg's list and just like experimenting and like we made a lot of mistakes back then and then you know good mentors too stefan justin uh you know learned from me and stanley a bit at the beginning so um you know there's a lot of smart people out there and it's always good to cut the learning curve and learn from other people um but also the other mistake people make like they'll learn 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 but then they don't implement it anywhere. Like they, they're like, Oh, I don't have a client yet. It's like, well, go open an active campaign account and just like mess with the settings and like write some practice emails and like become your own client. Like just, just do it. Um, so you got to learn from smart people and you have to have a playground to implement stuff on, even if you don't have a client. That's good. Yeah. And I mean, you've come far and fast. I mean, this is moving quickly for you, even just at the hundred M. I don't know if we're even supposed to talk about it, but there's investment opportunities. And some of these companies are great at retail. A lot of food companies that, that uh, the group is involved in, and they've taken uh, hired you and your company to help them with their online email campaigns. Cause it's really low hanging fruit to have all these customers and email addresses, but not doing much with them online. So, I mean, that's a lot of confidence right there from the group bringing you on to help these companies that are companies people are investing in, hoping that they're going to exit and sell and the investors are going to make money on that. And they're, you wouldn't have gotten that opportunity probably if you hadn't been in the group. No, yeah. I mean, Joel is a very good guy. I like him. I'd heard about him, obviously, because he's an email guy. And then I got on the phone with him and he's like, hey, it's going to be a hundred grand to join our group. And I was like, uh-oh. But uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, if you come in, you do a good job, like I'll connect you with the right people. And he's given me every opportunity and he's true to his word. And now it's just, you know, I'm doing the same thing I was just on a little bit bigger stage with some companies that, you know, like you said, they're really good at retail. They're not quite as good online and they're a bit timid to like go a little more direct responsy, but then we like ensure them it's going to be okay. And then now they're getting results. So they're, they're very on board with it now. And we're just going to keep marching and helping more people. And those companies are going to help their people. And um, it's just a cool group to be a part of. And there's a lot of good people. And, uh, you know. I think that really, we talked about it. It really just opens up your self-belief of what's possible. Just being around people that are doing big things, high achievers, high performers, and hearing about their results and success and struggles, realizing you're not alone with what you're going through and seeing people really accomplishing some awesome stuff. And then for me, it puts it in perspective that what I'm dealing with is not unique and not that big of a deal. And like, I can go home and take care of this right away and get out of my own way. And if I wasn't around these people that have been through the same stuff and beyond, it'd be a lot harder to kind of lead the pack and pave the way. 
Yeah, it's funny. Um, <laughs> there was one time I think I like messaged somebody and I was like, hey, I have this really unique situation where I'm struggling with blah, blah, blah. And they're like, dude, you're not unique. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm special. And then I started to realize that, like, we all think that we have such a bad problem that we have to go straight to the owner and, like, nobody else struggles with this. But, like, the more I've been around, the more I've written, like, just as humans, we think that we're the only ones going through a certain problem when reality, our neighbor is probably potentially going through the exact same problem. We just haven't talked about it. And when you can be honest and open with people that you care about and have those conversations about whatever you're struggling with. It just makes life so much easier. Well, you're very vulnerable and transparent today. You were just talking about the baseball background, and I'm sure there's lots of guys right now and girls listening that have their identity in something that is, is changing or moving. And, you know, for, for me, uh, it was when I put my identity in, in Christ that anything else is circumstances. It can be work or money hobbies like these are things that can come and go but you've got to be rooted in something deeper yeah it's very comforting to know like if i die today i'm good <laughs> like uh, like that's the this is the best way i can put it like i just like yeah it's you know you always worry about that stuff but um one story that i like wrote an email about one time to my own list and i, there, I had no intention of this like other than to just like get it off my chest but so I was um, on a trip with my mom out west. And I got a call and my grandpa, like he didn't want to live anymore um, because he was struggling with some very severe health issues. And he just wanted to go back home and hospice for 11 days. And I couldn't really talk to him like he couldn't really hear me. So I get back. I'm like, I'm going to like watch this guy die. So I stayed at his house for 11 straight days couldn't talk to him. I thought he was going to like look weird or like it wasn't going to be the same guy. And like every once in a while, he'd maybe utter a word or I talk to him like a little bit, but who knew if he was going to understand and like the hospice nurses would come over and like, tell us like, these are the, like the stages of like death and hospice. And I just sat there with him and kind of learned what it's like to be around somebody but the only thing that I was really struggling with is like, like he was the only one that would kind of like listen to me in his old age. Like he was kind of stubborn at the end. Um, and I just never talked to him about Jesus. And like, I, he, he kind of believed like during his life, but one day the hospice nurse came over and she's like, Hey, like it could be any point in the next two days. Like he's not looking good. So literally that night I just go over and I just tell him like, Hey, like whatever it might be, you might be struggling with right now. Like, I know you can hear me. Like, it's all good. Like if you just, all you gotta do is believe that Jesus died to save you from your sins and you're set. And you know, there's a picture of his wife on the wall cause she passed about a year earlier and or six months actually. Um, I was like, you could, whenever you're ready and you feel set, like you can go and just like believe in Jesus in your heart. And 15 minutes later, I watched him turn gray and die with my whole family around him. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Tomb, right at the end. And and I, I watched, I literally watched a man's skin turn gray and pass away as I held his hand. And like, death is a weird thing that like none of us know about and nobody's ever lived through. So. It's going to happen to everyone. Yeah. And now I'm just like more cool with it because I, I watched that. Right. So I'm good. 
Yeah, it's uh, definitely relieved some worry. And that's amazing that you were able to do that. Because imagine, I guess, the feeling of not doing that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to regret that. And even telling the story, I thought that, like, that this is actually warming for me, right? Because, like, a lot of times Christians in today's day and age, it's like they, we, we either are kind of, like, looked down on or we think we are. But, like, I sent this email out and I thought it was going to be kind of risky to, like, tell this story. And like, it, like so many people were like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Like, thank you for sharing that. Like helped me through what my dad went through. And like, they told their stories back. And it was this crazy thing that had nothing to do with business. And people loved it a million times more than business. Right. I've heard the same thing from friends too, like Sean Hadsell and just sharing and being open with how, how you feel and what your experiences are. And people just appreciate that. And we're thinking that people will be offended or disagree. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, you got to say what you want to say, what you feel and what's true to you. Yeah. And the people respect that. Like there's probably a lot of people who like, were not believers that read that. And they're like, Hey, this guy's not trying to like force anything on me. He's just telling his own truth and, and what happened to him and people like that. So. Yeah. And also Jared, uh, who set up the podcast for us today, he sent me a, a text while we were at lunch the other day. We had a conversation talking a little bit about, you know, being public about your faith versus just keeping it to yourself. And he wrote from Matthew ten thirty two, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. So it's just cool to even be able to speak freely about it. Even the fact that we're in a country where you can believe or not believe, like you've got freedom. Yeah, I'm thankful for that, too. And it's like, it's no surprise that, like, God and America go hand in hand because, like, every, like, super strong, like, patriot is, like, also Christian generally. And it's like, I'm free to do what I want. And it's, like, very amazing. And, like, if you think about it, even in Canada, like, there's a lot of things you can't do there that you can do here. And it's crazy. Like, a lot of people talk about luck and, and business and all that. But just the fact that, like you know, we're born here and we get to like have all these things and like other people don't have. And, and it's tough. And no, it's an amazing time to be alive. It's an amazing place to be. I mean, we could have been born hundreds of years ago in much, much, uh, much worse conditions. Yeah. You know? Like that, that, I don't know if that's luck. I don't know what that is, but I'm thankful. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thankful for it as well. Yeah. But, and, you know, things can always get better. doesn't mean we're perfect or that we've got it all figured out or everything's just right for everybody. I'm not saying that, but there's Never still is. always something to be grateful for. Yeah. I think everyone has something to be thankful for. Yeah, and it's just about, like, how you choose to view it, too. Like, there's so many good things and, like, so many bad things that happen every day. Again, like, a lot of people are like, why would God do this? And it's like, well, he doesn't really owe you anything. Like, everything you have is a gift. So... You can look at it that way or you can be mad about stuff. Like, it's up to you. But for me, like, I'm generally always pretty positive. If I have to let off some steam for an hour, I'll be gracious with myself and just, like, allow myself a little bit of time. But other than that, like, I just like I just want to be happy. All right. Well, you're looking right at our core values on the wall, but don't get blinded by the light. But uh, positive attitude is one of them, and that's just how you look at things. Like even in uh, situations that could be troubling or challenging or difficult, what can you learn from that? I asked you that earlier. What could you learn from kind of what you went through with baseball? And you're still learning and, and growing from that. Or it could be looked at as, 
you know, just awful and depressing and horrible forever. You know, it's, it's perspective and how you look at it. That perspective will change, but you've got to choose to look at it from a, like a positive point of view. Yeah, totally. It's, it's all about, and a lot of people are like, how can I do that if I'm in this situation? It's like, well, um, like I said earlier, everything does happen for a reason. It's, it's meant to be however it is and you can't really change it. So you might as well take what you have and make something out of it. Yeah. You try to learn from it. And I think, uh, sometimes what you go through makes you stronger and makes you able to help other people because now you've been through something you can relate to someone else who's having a hard time. And maybe you're that person that's going to help them as well. It's hard to know why storms come and go, but I would say without them, um, you wouldn't, the good wouldn't be the good if you didn't have the bad. Yeah. That's a good point too. Like if I never lost before, I wouldn't feel good to win. Exactly. Awesome. Well, where can, uh, people connect with you if, uh, they want to follow you. I mean, write some awesome emails, whether you're into email marketing or not. Like I enjoy getting your emails. You are a good writer, good copywriter as well, but you do good telling stories and you're very uh, like vulnerable and personal with your stories. Talking about the time messaging uh, Tom Brady's agent on, on Instagram. There's a lot of stuff like your emails Tom. come through. I'm like, I don't even know what this is, but it's going to be a good read. Tom, and, if you're listening, <laughs> DM me. My Instagram is YoSoyTroy. But anyway. Which is where you can connect with uh, Troy. YoSoyTroy. Mainly on Facebook, honestly. Like, oh, really? that's, uh, yeah, I got the little blue check. So Troy Erickson, that's me on Facebook if you want to chat. Um, but for the email list and the super exclusive stories, FAQemail.com um, is where you can learn a bit about email and then get the, the even cooler stories. Oh, I meant to ask you, last name Erickson, where's um, where's your family heritage from? Uh, I don't know much about it, to be honest, but it's Swedish. Like Swedish, because yeah. that's where my parents were born. Yeah. So I'm thinking you got to find out about that. We yeah, might... I probably should. I don't know which company is the best to do the little oh, I don't know history either. test, but uh, I'll give it a shot. Erickson was like an old school uh, yeah. cell phone company yeah. from Sweden. Maybe you're related to them. Yeah, maybe. And there's no K. A lot of people will put a K in it. Like, it's so simple, but everybody misspells it. What's going on? Well, yeah, Scandinavians will put Ks. Like, Michael, for me, yeah. has a K. Really? Instead of a CH, huh. yeah. Interesting. So that's a Scandinavian thing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Maybe we'll go uh, grab some lunch after this or Sounds hit a workout. Good to me. And, you know, thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you found this episode valuable, which I'm sure you did, if you could go leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that just helps the episode rank better, helps the show do better, gets more people to uh, find out about the show, lets us reach more people, help more people. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. See you next Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 